0: Time to talk Phelps Health, and Paige Hyman is with you today. Good morning,
1: Paige. Good morning, Lee. I'm glad to be back. I haven't been here in a while. It's like a breath of fresh air to see you. Yeah, it's really great <laughs> to have you, too. And thank you so much for being here. Yeah, really excited. So today we have one of my personal favorites, Dr. Thomas Guerrero-Garcia, who is a medical oncologist-hematologist with the Phelps Health Medical Group. Welcome back to our show.
0: And thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really glad to be here.
1: Yeah, we're super stoked to have you here. So one of the ways that we love to start off our show is asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself. um, What brought you to Phelps Health? Tell us a little bit about your family.
0: Yeah, so I go um, very easy. I love this profession, love this career. It's such a, 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 it keeps uh, changing so much and so rapidly that that's why I went into this career, especially with oncological patients, you see that happening a lot. Um, And uh, I did my medical school back in my home country in Wyakill, Ecuador, and move on quickly to, joining a residency program in uh, in Rhode Island uh, when I spent three years there and then four years then moving up north uh, in Boston to really get the best of the best of oncology care. And I wanted to translate that to the community and um, being a part of now uh, Felt Helps, I think Uh, I'm very excited that I could do that uh, as a a kind of a smooth process coming from a large city to a small town and delivering probably the best care on oncological patients.
1: So what brought you to Phelps Health? Is it just you like providing care in a rural area?
0: I think um, grasping all the education that I have, I wanted to translate that to an area that we know by research and statistics, that we know that uh, cancer care in rural areas are not necessarily with the best outcomes. And I wanted to Mm -hmm. change that. Uh, I feel comfortable doing that. And I saw this place as kind of the best place to do that. And so I was interested in doing that.
1: Yeah, I love that. Whenever you say that, I hear, you know, you want to make an impact. And I think that's really special. Um, The DDCI is so cool because everybody that works there, has such um, an interest in in caring for the patients in this region. I just think that's really special. So today we're talking about something that we kind of mentioned the last time that we sat down and talked for Ask a Professional, biomarkers in cancer, which really has kind of revolutionized the way we care for patients who have cancer. So to just kind of kick us off, what even are cancer, cancer biomarkers? Let's describe that.
0: Yeah, a one-line um, um, response to that is I wanted to give an update about this because 20, 30 years ago, the way cancer doctors treated a patient was pretty much with the therapy everybody knows, which is chemotherapy, and blindly kind of treat the patients. Now we have come uh, to more of a personalized kind of medicine, and this is actually the background of biomarkers. We understand better the cancer biology, and by doing that, we certainly... Uh, treat patients differently. Even though they might have the same type of cancer, we treat them differently. And this is the background of biomarkers.
1: So whenever you say that we treat patients differently, let's talk about how those biomarkers are used. What are the types of purposes that they're used for?
0: So uh, essentially a biomarker is a, a biological molecule that one can test either in the tumor itself or actually as part of your unique DNA characteristics and we were not doing that before and now we're doing it and that gives us a chance of personalize the treatment or target the type of therapy to a particular patient even though they might have again the same type of, of, uh, of cancer and so we bring that as a way of recognizing new therapies and opening up the armamentarium for the treatment options that patients have. And so one can imagine having, you know, or seeing five lung cancer patients and each of them having a unique treatment that will perhaps be more precise and with better outcomes.
1: Okay, so this is really interesting to me. Is testing for biomarkers invasive, you know, how do you really determine someone's biomarkers? Because like you said, you have five cancer patients who all have lung cancer, but they're all very different.
0: Yeah, and that's an excellent question, We go back to the, the routine of obtaining a biopsy to make a diagnosis of cancer, okay? And after that, certainly that tissue that's already provided, we could now use the technology that we're using and we can talk about that in just a minute and do the biomarker testing right there so the patient does not need another procedure the patient does not need another testing we'll just go ahead and in that biopsy that give us the cancer diagnosis will go ahead and do, use the technology and test for the biomarkers. Now, the biggest exciting thing that I think we need to update people about it is that now we have a chance also in, unfortunately, the cases that we cannot obtain a biopsy because it's very difficult. Uh, also, also sometimes we consider patients preference as well, and they don't want to get another procedure that might involve complications and all mm-hmm. that. And so nowadays we have circulating tumor DNA as probably the blooming biomarker in the, in the market. And in um, in our clinic and here at Health Health, and we could do it. And it's very simple because when we tell the patient what is it about, it's a simple blood draw. And so that doesn't involve the procedure. It will give us what we want. And most exciting is when the technology came, it was really a delay of what we could wait for the results for, you know a month uh, initially. Now that's come down to two weeks, and now some companies going, really uh, streamline the process of getting your result in seven days. So that is is the most exciting part of these biomarkers.
1: Yeah, I love hearing that, that it's as simple as a blood draw because at Phelps Health, whenever we go and do our annual exams, whatever that looks like, we have to do that anyways. So that's something that is very commonplace, um, very normal to go and do, right? Yep. What are the four areas that cancer biomarker research really focuses on?
0: I think there are many, many areas. And I think, again, this is a blooming, exciting research um, um, uh, spectrum in which for right now, what does it come down to is trying to figure out how can we open up new treatment for patients that unfortunately have got to the point in which uh, treatments have really failed to them. And we want to open more, um, you know, newer pathways of treatment. Uh, And so I think uh, right now the biomarkers are including new mutations for example something that we haven't uh, understood on that patient or that type of cancer and now with this technology we bring up uh, obviously not in all patients because sometimes we just don't discover them but uh, in the ones who we discover them that definitely brings out opportunity to bring a market uh, drug that it's out there or also for the future and research to open up particular clinical trial or experimental way of treating that patient. You can only do that if you discover the biomarker. So that's why it's across all cancer subtypes, so important nowadays to get biomarkers and understand the cancer biology in a better way.
1: I want to take a second and digress. Before the show started, I had asked you a question about mRNA, which is a really hot topic right now because of the COVID-19 vaccinations and how they relate to biomarkers. Can you kind of um, tell our listeners what the relationship is between mRNA and biomarkers?
0: So um, biomarkers, again, being a biological molecule that we're trying to figure out, you try to um, understand what the testing is that it's basically what we call um, a whole genomic sequence. So we are really sequence all your DNA. DNA, will be translated to RNA and we're interested in that piece as well. But we're also interested in proteins. We're also interested in enzymatic pathways. And eventually there's many ways of biomarker testing that will allow us to really target that particular abnormality if it's found and we think it's not only found but significant to be part of the growth of that particular cancer. And so I think that's the exciting part. There are many biomarkers, uh, DNA, RNA, protein, enzymatic pathways. Uh, We test also now the relationship between the tumor and the immune system and that has brought for example the revolutionary treatment on cancer which is immunotherapy so the biomarker there known as pd pd1 or pdl1 is tested as a biomarker to know for example responses to immunotherapy which are the breakthrough designation of cancer right now throughout all cancer types so right there you want the biomarker to know whether bio um, where um, i'm sorry whether immunotherapy can be for example deploying a patient and so For example that's an example of what we're doing right now as getting um, a biomarker first to understand where we could deploy immunotherapy as opposed to like the regular chemotherapy which has never had a true biomarker a specific you know pathway that we were interested before treating the patient it was all about just going along getting the diagnosis and treating the patient now we see it back we wait a little bit on dif- these results, and I kind of wanted to give a 30 second of that because patients' expectations really are like, and I will feel the same way. You want to get going with things really quickly. Yeah, you want to know
1: what's happening. Exactly. You want um, exactly. to heal yourself.
0: Exactly, and so now we need to set back just a little bit because mm-hmm. understanding prior to giving you that treatment recommendation is so critical and important, and it might benefit you in the long run if you get the biomarkers to understand how your cancer is behaving.
1: Do all cancers have biomarkers, and is there such a good thing as a good biomarker whenever you say, sit back and let's wait to see what those results are?
0: Such an excellent question, Paige, because I I think it's a very difficult question Mm -hmm. because I could tell you there will be some cancers that we are fortunate having opened up, you know, our understanding very well of the biology. Mm -hmm. And I would say probably my best guess is the answer will be yes, we just don't know them in all of them, but we're having such a change in the majority of them about actually having a biomarker that we know that will significantly um, um, alter our understanding of the type of cancer and then treatment.
1: What is the value of biomarkers like you've been talking about for a patient who's been diagnosed with cancer? Is it determinant on the stage of cancer that they're in? Do those biomarkers help you determine that?
0: Excellent question, I think. Um, We use biomarker in many situations. We use biomarkers to know what we're gonna expect down the line in terms of treatments, or we could use the biomarker right away. And so it all depends on what type of cancer we have. It all depends what type of treatment we're looking forward to deliver. Uh, And so we use it in different stages, basically. But we, for example, we type or we like to ask for the biomarker sometimes even early on. And that's just because as an oncologist, we like to plan for things, not just for the treatment that we're immediately giving you, but down the line, we will want a repertoire of everything that we're thinking just ahead of the game. So that we know strategies of treating patients early on, instead of just waiting at the end, you know? Uh, And so I think that's very important to say.
1: So whenever you talk about biomarkers, this makes me have another question, good, better, and different. So if you get somebody at an early stage and you get their biomarker, does it kind of tell you the progression of what their cancer may look like? Does it help you evaluate what the future may hold for them?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we go down to the probably the most uh, fearful of all, you know, which is checking a biomarker, which is a mutation at the gene called TP53. If you search or Google that for the audience, you will find out um, really not good news uh, because that's a particular biomarker and gene that we know in cancer doesn't bring good outcomes. And so one could start actually believing in the fact that if you find that, you start to looking at what's gonna be your strategy going forward with that patient with that particular biomarker because you know that it's gonna be hard to treat. And so I think for me, knowing that from the get-go, it, breeds, it brings to my mind my strategies from the time I talk to a patient and tell them what we're going to expect out of these treatments.
1: Yeah, absolutely. What types of cancer do we have the most biomarker info on? Because you had mentioned that, you know, every cancer probably has a biomarker. We may just not have the information readily available yet. Uh,
0: I think I, I the example given the the uh, amount and how common it is in lung cancer, for example, we started with the discovery of a type of biomarker called EGFR. And for example, at that point, we only had treatments for EGFR, but then the landscape of these biomarker technology as well, it's continued to grow. And so what we do right now is we try to again, we try to what we call sequence, which is a type of technology which goes beyond exploring probably all the alterations in the uh, tumor. And so before it was just again, just that particular type of you know alteration called EGFR. Now we're down to six of them and it doesn't matter which one I'm right, uh, right now we're testing because I think the audience, it's more of the information we give them, but right now we have uh, more than six pathways that we test. Each of them carry uh, one drug that we were treating for. Each of them now is going to a third drug and fourth drug. So you could see how we have made such an impact and significant progress by using the biomarkers, having a drug for it. And now just beyond and beyond learning more about the, each of them, it's very important for us to tell the treatment to a patient with lung cancer, for example.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It allows you, I think, to specialize treatment to that specific patient, right? Right,
0: right. Yeah, so very this is cool. the era of personalized medicine, mm-hmm. and but the background is really the biomarkers and how we test for it, how we obtain that information, then how we prepare the treatment. So I think I just wanted to bring this topic because I think throughout the cancer, no matter what cancer you're having, we are in the need of uh, understanding this much and much uh, better.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and I'll give you another exciting, uh, another exciting example. It's in, in prostate cancer. Uh, in the setting of advanced stage, for example, we asked for a particular um, uh, gene that actually it's known to be the gene that repairs DNA for example that's very exciting so the way it works is normally cells are dividing Mm -hmm. and as cells are dividing they can actually be prone to errors and you have a particular gene that is monitoring that. Very exciting biology there. And if that gene is not repairing that, well, that's going to grow abnormal. We have a particular enzyme that actually will target that pathway. Eventually, will kill cancer in, in, in that way. So, for example, we want to know that biomarker. We can test it in prostate cancer, and it will open up the drugs called PARP inhibitors, which are targeting that enzyme. And so I think that's That's just very important for us in knowing um, in the patients we are um, treating with advanced prostate cancer. So there are many examples like this, but the background comes down to testing for biomarkers, and and I think that's just exciting, um, you know, uh, things that we're seeing nowadays.
1: So how is this different from forms of treatment that are still existing, like radiation therapy. Um, because the way that you make it sound is that if somebody has these biomarkers, you can almost go in and target those specific cancer cells and basically eliminate them. Whereas maybe radiation, you're targeting a group of cells and you may also kill good ones while you're doing that.
0: Right, and I think it's an important point to mention that still, you know, cancer treatment, it's mm-hmm. a multi-team, uh, you know, disciplinary um, mm-hmm. um Treatment, and so uh, we cannot, you know, ignore the fact that we need still radiation mm-hmm. therapy for many of our patients uh, with cancer because sometimes majority of these treatments will really try to get a hold of the the cancer in itself in the form of a treatment that is going everywhere. Mm-hmm. But really, sometimes it's difficult, and that's why sometimes cancer is difficult. Sometimes the issue is not really more. Uh, extensive but actually a localized problem of the cancer and that's when really radiation becomes essentially our partnership and it's very important to have them on board to talk to them and to figure out if radiation would be part of the treatment as well and so you know we still use radiation in many 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 um, cancers and I think it still has an important role in our cancer treatment pathway
1: Absolutely. Are cancer biomarkers currently being used at Phelps Health, or do you have to be part of a clinical trial?
0: Excellent question. Given the technology and how rapidly this has come to be part of treating cancer, no matter where you are in the state, I'm actually quite pleased that we could do this quite fast for patients that we see. And so, uh, right now, the biggest technology we have is within seven days. For example, if we use that liquid. Uh, Tumor biopsy will give us the biomarker, and we will um, uh, happily uh, discuss the results with the patient within seven days at that helps. So we have the technology, we're using it, and I think the patients, when we talk to them, are really in shock because they cannot believe that we're going to tell them, Um, their treatment options and that for that they don't need just um, a blood draw and so I think that's fantastic.
1: Yeah I think it's really unique too because we often forget yes we live in a rural area but we have all of these Capabilities that larger urban areas have. And right. that's really cool that they're so accessible to, you know, the six-county region that we serve.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Um,
1: so another question, you know, I know we're getting close on time, but I have so many questions to ask you about this because it's so cool. What are some questions that a patient should ask their doctor about genetic or biomarker testing if they're unfamiliar with it? I think
0: they can come with a general question about um uh, challenging the oncologists and saying, how well do we understand our cancer? I mean, how well do we know that there is more than chemotherapy as an option? Because when patients, I think, come and they receive the cancer diagnosis, the probably the first thing that comes in mind when it comes to treatment is probably it's just going to be down to the old ways of traditionally treating the cancer which is chemotherapy which is not to say that it doesn't work because we still use it Um, and actually just a quick mentioning of what happened in lung cancer when immunotherapy and these biomarkers came to the ground immunotherapy was almost gonna say uh bye bye to chemotherapy that was kind of the news and then uh, cleverly we tested them together It was a good thing that actually worked even better. And that's why chemotherapy still has a role. And so that's why I wanted to point it out on that because patients sometimes are afraid that as we, you know, come up with new treatments that the old ways of treating patients with chemotherapy, perhaps not the most clever way, but I still believe that, you know, the chemotherapy has a role. And so to answer that question, I think it comes down to... um, the uh the treatment pathway that we have allowed um, that we have outlined for the patient and then just presenting the biomarkers and then presenting the uh, treatment options that we have for them and then in that way explaining to them that you know this is what we want to do
1: I love that you make such a good point, because at the end of the day, we have to take our care into our own hands, right? You you said something earlier I thought was really cool. We're in the era of personal medicine. So it's really important for all of our patients at Phelps Health, in um, regardless of whether you're a patient at Phelps Health, to feel empowered making those decisions and having those conversations with their doctors and to say, can you help me clarify? Can you help me understand? Is this the best treatment for me? So I think it's really cool that you made that point. All right, we've got time for one more question. What are some of the latest updates on cancer biomarker research, and how does that information affect patients at Phelps Health?
0: Yeah, I think... And that's a really
1: loaded question, right?
0: It's something that probably I cannot answer in one minute, but (laughs) I would say that uh, in the area of research, I think there's also um, a blooming area of biomarker, and it's that of cellular therapy. And so cellular therapy now has become the blooming way to treat many cancers, and I think we will have probably more time in a, in. A, and I'm happy to be um, uh, with you, Paige, in another uh, session of this and talk about cellular therapies, which are, I think, uh, a very mm-hmm. another exciting part of new therapies in cancer. Uh, but I think when it comes down to our patients here at Health, cellular therapy is something that uh, I think hopefully will come as well to the community, and uh, and hopefully we'll see it also at Health Health. Uh, when the technology is more prone to uh, give those therapies in the community. For right now, they're still in research. And when, um, when patients are referred to uh, cellular therapies, we'll definitely have to use a larger academic center for that
1: absolutely um so tell me just really quick we've got one more minute left what is cellular therapy
0: cellular therapy comes down to basically understand the uh, mechanisms of uh, how to use the immune system to fight cancer and so that's exactly in a nutshell what's going to happen we are trying to really understand how to use your immune system in a way that we could learn how to give the therapy and make your immune system learn how to attack the cancer and fight back. It's another way of saying it's a better treatment strategy and because it's targeted, because we're using your immune system, that's how cellular therapy is going to be different from, you know, other traditional uh, therapies such as chemotherapy.
1: Yeah, again, it's personalized, right, to who you are as an individual because all of our immune systems are completely individualized. Right.
0: And it has to do again with biomarkers. So, if the biomarkers will show that we can use the cellular therapies, again, that's when the biomarker becomes very important. And then, perhaps, you know, if the biomarker is telling us to use cellular therapies, again, something that we don't have available in Fails uh, just because right now this is boring research and so you will need to use a larger academic center but uh, we could test the biomarker and then use partnerships you know, with larger academic centers to still offer the patients uh, treatment here at Phelps.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic, I love that. Well, we're out of time for today but as always, you are a wealth of knowledge. I've learned so much from you. I hope our listeners have as well.
0: I hope it was every, uh, helpful for everybody.
1: Yes. So today we've been speaking with <clears throat> Dr. Thomas Guerrero-Garcia, a medical oncologist, hematologist with the Phelps Health Medical Group. If you missed part of the show or would like to listen to it again, please visit phelpshealth.org.